Can Jamal Williams still be trusted with the return of Aaron Rodgers? Is there a new bell cow in Detroit? And is it time to sit Mike Evans on the bench? Plus, Chris Jante, the man who climbed up more than 1,100 places in the Football Guys Players Championship last weekend, joins us to tell us how he put up a 248.85 and took the lead for the $250,000 grand prize with just two weeks to go. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Walkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. What more can I say? We top billing it. Valiant without billing it. Viciously found victory. Burn towns and villages. Burning, looting, and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to tuck away. I don't work for free, I am barely giving up away. So tell Big and Johnny and Mommy to get the away. Yo, here's a gun, son, now run, get it to gut away. Live to shoot another day. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football. His friends call him the Dizzle. We call him Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, have the Dolphins found their short and long-term answer at running back? What underrated quarterback has a track record of crushing the tough defense he opposes in Week 15 and much more? Plus, Chris Jante will drop in to share his whirlwind week and if he is going to find a way to get D.D. Westbrook in his Football Guys Championship leading lineup this weekend. Shout out to the chat room right now. If you have any questions, uh, now's the time to post them in there. You can uh, connect with us on Twitter at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFFHour. If you want to chime in and give us a call, definitely do that. You can do so at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. Our audio engineer, Bryce, and our producer, mutual friend, Rob, will get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. want to remind everybody, uh, you can check out the latest episode of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown with yours truly at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, good stuff this week from not only 2016 FFPC main event uh, champ David Hubbard, who gives us... Uh, Kind of a preview of Week 15, who he's pulling for, what he thinks about his starts at decisions and starts at decisions that are facing um, everybody else in the uh, in the uh, main event and the Football Guys Players Championship. And uh, the main guests that we have, blessed to have at Fantasy QB on Twitter, Dominic Laferriere, uh, put two of his three FFPC main event uh, teams in the championship round, put four of his five Football Guys Players Championship teams into the championship round. That is six out of eight. That is a good percentage. Uh, he talks about uh, the process that he had in uh, constructing these teams, managing them. So there's a lot of good philosophical stuff in there uh, that we talked about, as well as uh, some zero RB stuff and uh, some starts to decisions as well, what you know we're all facing this weekend. Uh, so check that out at rotoviz.com slash podcast. 
I want to bring in tonight's guest. Well, first of all, I should uh, welcome in Dave Gerzak to the show. I haven't let you, I've been talking, blabbing for four minutes straight. How are you tonight, my friend? I'm good. That's nothing new. You talk a lot. So I can't tell. Did I annoy you more than normal, or is this just the usual an- amount of annoyance tonight? I'm annoyed because I can't log into Blog Talk Radio yet, Paul. Can you get <laughs> try, in the chat room? Try a different browser or open an incognito window. Well, Sometimes you, it happens. Thank, you know, thank you. you, you well, I'm your, just te- tech support is excellent. I didn't know what you were doing. I'm just trying to be the helpful uh, uh, Geek Squad guy here tonight. So <laughs> that's uh, the best I can do. These guys need a lot of help. Let's uh, talk to somebody who does not need a lot of help tonight, Dave. I want to bring him in right now. Uh, he has been playing fantasy football for five years. Uh, and in 2015, he was actually diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he went through six months of chemotherapy treatment and was cured. While he had his family and a great support system by his side, fantasy football was his only hobby he could actually do, and it got him through a lot of grueling days, kept his mind working, quite possibly saved his life in that regard, despite finishing the Football Guys Players Championship regular season on one of his teams with a 3-8 and eight record, averaged 133 fantasy points per game. He roared from post-1100th place, that is after 1100th place, Dave, all the way into first place this weekend, a 248.85 score in week 14. That's not even possible. Alex Kaganowski, the prognosticator, said, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this before. I would tend to agree with them, and I want to talk to the guy who's responsible for it. He's on the airwaves right now. His name is Chris Jante, and please, let's welcome in to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Chris, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Hey, Eric, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. Well, we, we, we want to have uh, somebody who is going to have his name baked in to high-stakes fantasy lore after putting, out, uh, putting up a, a, a nearly 250-point game uh, this past weekend. Uh, fantastic stuff. We're going to delve into that. But before we get to it, uh, Chris, why don't you tell us what you're doing uh, for a living when you're not crushing the Football Guys Players Championship? Uh, well, whenever I'm not playing fantasy football, I'm uh, running my brother's finance company. It's called Provident Credit. It's in Lot, Oklahoma, and uh, I've been doing that for about 10 years. And when I'm not at work, I'm spending as much time as I can with my family. I've got two boys and a wife, so I've got to make sure they get plenty of time together too. So you have a you have a full life, my friend, for sure. There there is no uh, yes, no doubting that. <laughs> that that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's uh, awesome. really fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. So let's talk a little bit about your team. You had a, an amazing week, not even in the top 1,100 teams coming into the championship round. I think there's just over 1,500, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And you put up a 248.85 in week 14. Uh, take us through what your Sunday was like watching these points pile up. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it uh, really didn't hit me uh, until after about Sunday night after the games. You know, I saw where I was ranked at the top, and – I just couldn't believe it. You know, I figured, you know, as I was doing so good during the week or during the day, I just assumed, you know, man, if I'm doing this good, I just I couldn't imagine how good some of the top players in FFPC was doing, you know. So it was, <laughs> it was just so surreal. But, hey, you know, being king for a week, man, it feels amazing. <laughs> so l- let, me, let me ask you this, Chris. When you were watching 
did you have the live scoring up, um, you know, while you're watching games or did you just kind of, were you making mental notes like, Oh, I actually, you know, you see a touchdown happen. Like, Oh, I had that guy going. Oh, I had this guy going. Oh, I have this guy going. You're like, Oh my goodness. I could actually be putting up a, a, a pretty good score this week. Were you following it very closely as far as your team goes or just kind of casually watching the games and, and, and guessing that you were having a pretty big week? Uh, usually I watch it very closely. And this week I kind of, I played DFS as well. So I usually watch it very closely with that. And, you know, I'll be in the front room and I'll have my laptop going and my tablet and just, you know, kind of checking my phone every now and then. Well, I wasn't playing DFS this weekend, so uh, I kind of slipped up a little bit, wasn't watching too much, just kind of watching the games on uh, the Red Zone channel. And I've seen people, you know, scoring like, oh, like you just said, that's my guy, that's my guy. So then I started checking my score and it just started going up and up and up, you know, just I'll get track of it more and more. So, you know, trying not to jeek myself at like that. I just, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes, and I, I don't even, my head would have exploded, Dave. There would have been skull and brains all over the wall. I, I wouldn't have been able to. to honey, I'm it. in 700th place. Honey, I'm in 400. Yeah. Honey, 50th place. Like, yeah. Honey, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm higher than first place right now. I don't know how it's possible, but it's happened. Uh, Chris, yeah. uh, let's talk uh, uh, about your team. Night, man, uh, I'll it, say that right now. Yeah. I, well, listen, I, I, would, if I were you, I would not have slept all week. Uh, you have uh, you've been reaping the rewards uh, of a Brett Hundley-led Green Bay offense by getting a lot of points uh, from Jamal Williams over the past few weeks. Now, so now you look at how this might change with uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back. Uh, how do you think? I mean, I'm assuming you you have some pretty good options uh, on this team and, and some decent ones on the bench. You have a lot of good running backs on this team: Kareem Hunt, Jordan Howard, uh, Kenyon Drake. So it's not like Jamal Williams has to be played for you this week. I'm assuming you're going to play him. But how does his fantasy expectations change with Aaron Rodgers now back under center? Well, I'm hoping that will increase Jamal Williams' chances at, you know, short yardage touchdowns. And, uh, you know, I was hoping that. I'm thinking my thought process on this is, you know, with this week's uh, Carolina defense, maybe they'll soften up a little bit, you know, play on their heels a little more with uh, Aaron Rodgers back. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's tough. I really I really don't know. Um you know, Jamal Williams is uh, somebody that's red hot right now, and I just I find it hard to, you know, put him on bench. But I do have some players, you know, one in particular that I just I'm itching to put out there. So um, I just it's it's tough. It's a tough decision. And uh, if anything, I'm hoping Aaron Rodgers' return would increase the offensive firepower. So and uh, maybe this is just a blessing in disguise. Yeah, Dave, do you think do you agree with that? Do you think that Jamal Williams' value might actually be enhanced by having a Hall of Fame quarterback in front of him now rather than uh Brett Hundley, who was maybe more reliant on the run game, uh taking pressure off them? How do you how do you view or is it just a is it a net zero? Well, I mean with Williams scored like thirty points last week. Right. So four hundred and eighty point per season pace, better than David Johnson's fourth well, but prior year. Not, so it's hard to say. But that not just last week, just the last few no, weeks. No, I'm just saying though. He's not going to be the centerpiece of the offense right. as much, most likely. But you know, he make you know you make some good points, Chris. That you know the offense might score a lot more points. So I think there's uh, definitely some opportunity there. Yeah, for sure. Chris, let me ask you this: um, Kenyon Drake is on your team. He's one of the newer stud running backs on your team. He's crushed it the past few weeks. I'm fortunate to own him in a couple spots as well. Um, humble brag. It's not a humble brag. I'm just happy that I actually have him. I 
have them on one dynasty team. So I'm ha- this actually, I'm like most of the like, stupid questions I ask. This one I actually care about. The ah, answer. well, there you go. Good. What are your chances? Or what do you think the chances are that he keeps doing it the rest of the season? And as well as uh, in 2018, he really is starting to look like he might be the feature back, and they don't even have a need for running back anymore. Well, first, I just want to say, you know, I picked up Kenan Drake in almost all my FFPC leagues for pennies on the dollar. I think I got him, like, in week six or seven, and it was actually to, uh, thanks to a bet that I have with my buddy and uh, the man that actually got me started in fantasy football. His name is Will McMiller, so shout out, Will. Uh, <laughs> we had a uh, bet that by week eight, Jay uh, Jai would go down uh, for the year, you know, with knee issues and stuff. I just We were talking about it, and I said, oh, he's going to go down. And so I thought I better go ahead and, you know, just something kept telling me that. So I was like, I'm going to go ahead and pick up Drake. And, you know, I did. And then I just kept him there. I had no really, really any reason to, to drop him when I kept, you know, switching off the waiver wire. Wound up keeping him. And then this happened. So, you know, it worked out great for my team. Lost the bet with him. But, you know, hey, I feel, uh, feel good about him. And uh, with him, you know, I feel a little bit comfortable, you know, going against the soft uh, Buffalo run defense. I feel like they've uh, given up, you know, what, over 140, 150 yards in the last five games. And uh, with uh, Damian Williams out, you know, I think what they say, he, has he practiced yet uh, this week? I know last, as of Wednesday they were saying he hadn't practiced yet, so I'm hoping that he's out. And, I don't think you know, he's know, with him out. I don't think he's out. Okay. Yeah, yeah he, so uh, I, know, out, I, know, I, I don't think he's practiced, but he is – He's listed as doubtful, Dave, uh, oh. for this week. So I, I'm, I, I can't believe that he's going to be in line. It's going to be the Kenyon Drake show again. So, so uh, Chris, I know you had actually acquired yeah. Drake, but it was interesting in heading into that part of that, you know, when Ajayi got traded, a lot of people were picking up Damian Williams as well as Drake. It was kind of, kind of like almost 50-50 between them. Um, but you were definitely leaning Drake the entire time. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Well, I, uh, I subscribe to uh, football guys, and I read a lot of David Dodd's uh, articles. And he had put an article out about Kim and Drake. And also, you know, I, I read all these articles and I listen to the radio and stuff. And I just kept hearing, you know, you know, if my guy was to go down because people kept talking about his knee, you know, the whatever the knee issue was. And they were talking about, I just kept hearing Kim and Drake, Kim and Drake, you know, he's the raw talent. So I went with him and I just stuck with him. You know, one of those things where, you know, I had to, had to make a stand, had to pick a size. And luckily, hey, I, I picked the right side, right? Nice. I love it. Yeah, and, and once again, Dave, David Dodds leading people down the, uh, the path of fantasy righteousness, po- po- pointing people towards Kenyon Drake. He's, uh, he's the man. Football Guys is a fantastic site, well, one, and uh, they win again. One of the things Balky and I are most proud of right. is being industry people is we actually get to be friends with David Dodds. He's you know such a nice fella. You know what's funny is, like, <laughs> is we are not industry people at all, and uh, we're, we're, still, industry, we're still friends. Industry flunkies. Is yeah, what we yeah, I, I, yes. Actually, to be honest with you, Dodds <laughs> doesn't go to the, the, the trade shows every year. He kind of almost, um, you know, he just kind of, I don't want to say boycotts them, but he just never goes. So he's, a, he's an anti-industry guy himself. Actually. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're all on the outs. He's, yeah, we're, we're all uh, um, industry outsiders. Chris, just, I'm glad just you like came the rest of so us. we could just talk about sorry. ourselves. Sorry, yes, yeah, I'm sorry. It was me that brought it up. No, it's my fault. No, it's okay. I'm uh, sorry. Chris Jante is our guest tonight. He is leading the Football Guys Players Championship. Only two weeks of action le- uh, left. Put up a 248.85 uh, this past week. Now, Why do you keep uh, mentioning the decimal? Who cares? Okay, uh, 248, 249? No, we round it up. Let's round it up. Round it up to 250. Pretnir 250. Chris Jante puts up a 250 Pritnir last week, (laughs) and uh, we have him on the show tonight. Chris, if you are going to get 
this uh, this 250 grand. It's going to have to be with Jimmy Garoppolo because Carson Wentz tore his ACL last week. Uh, thankfully, you had another quarterback on your team, and I don't even think Garoppolo is that bad of a start this week. To be I, honest, I agree. he's looked very good. Uh, he should be good again this week, getting the uh, Tennessee hapless uh, Titan secondary a- at home. I worry about Week 16 because then he's going up against the Saxonville Jaguars, Jalen Ramsey, that uh, AJ Boy, that secondary. Do you think he's going to be able to get anything done for them? Because I would hate to have, you know, my my hopes and dreams riding uh, uh, for 250 grand riding on Garoppolo against that Jacksonville defense in Week 16. Man, I I went over this already too. So of course I went through every scenario, all my players. But uh, I, I just pray he gets, you know, half the third in the fourth quarter garbage time. Uh, maybe against the prevent defense, and he hadn't thrown three interceptions by then or not hurt. <laughs> but uh, I think I think Garoppolo is more than capable of getting me enough points. Uh, you know, the rest of my team can make up for. You know, if I can get a couple players in there that can just hit it hard and uh, not take me out of the run for the grand, you know, grand prize. But uh, you know, Eric, this has me uh, want to ask you a question. Also, you know, this is a good. That's a good question that you've asked, and I wanted to know something I've always asked myself the last two years. Um, you know, how come the how come the waivers they get turned off? Uh, you know, we're not turned back on for the championship round. I'm just I was curious to know why that is. That, my friend, is an excellent question. It's one that has been asked uh, multiple times, and I'll I'll answer this the best way I can. That has uh, been described uh, to me. It's actually uh, put into place to screw over the fantasy owner because we don't want people enjoying the last three weeks Whatever, of the season. <laughs> no, it's no, you know, in all seriousness, there's a, there's a, uh, a competitive balance uh, to it that we don't want, um, you know, any, any drastic changes based upon what happens, um, you know, these last few weeks with, you know, somebody coming off the waiver wire and making a, a big difference. People are going to have different fab budgets. The way that this is structured, if the waivers are closed off, it's literally uh, a lineup uh, decision uh, that, that you need to be making amongst 1,100 other people or, you know, however many people are in the FFPC main event uh, championship round, a couple hundred people. Uh, that's what it comes down to. So you're really, you're focusing on the team that you built and cultivated all season long without, you know, having somebody muck it up at the end. Well, is there anything I'm missing, Dave? Well, you're also you're exiting your league format, and you're, and you're entering the championship round. So now you, you would be making waivers within your league itself, and perhaps you're the only team. Well, perhaps just you and one other owner may be making the championship round, right. while in another league, three owners might be making it. And so then, you know, it, it just it does, like you said, the competitive balance is a little bit having to do with it. But one, I think once you leave the uh, once you leave the league setting, go to the championship round, and there is actually an extra element of strategy as well. It's like, do you carry two kickers? Do you carry two two defenses, three defenses? Yeah. Three tight ends, you know, or a couple, three quarterbacks. So, um, and with 20-man rosters, it gets really interesting as you get right to the end there as to what you're going to do with your roster. And I'll say this, too. I mean, I've seen it work out, too, where people don't want, you know, we talked about David, with David Hubbard on this on, on the High Stakes Lowdown last week um, about how he does make sure his quarterback is backed up, kicker's backed up, um, uh, tight end's backed up. Some people like to carry multiple defenses in uh, to, to play matchups like that. Well, then you're going to leave yourself short other places. Uh, some people are willing to roll the dice uh, and, um, you know, only have that one quarterback, only have that one tight end or, or kicker and, and uh, injuries be damned. So I think that there is an element of, of um, I don't want to say skill, I think strategy, I think, Dave, you said, and that probably puts it best. But that's, that's the rationale behind it. Now, I, listen, Chris, I'll tell you this. I was not consulted 
on the writing of these rules at all. Now, had I been, I would have obviously won't be in the future. I would have obviously catered it uh, to uh, to, to whatever Chris wanted. <laughs> uh, clearly, <laughs> I think that's that's what we uh, hey, I, that's what I, we I ultimately guys, wanted. Like well, I, I like good. it. I, I I'm, 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 guys I'm, Hopefully, hopefully you still like it in two weeks. <laughs> so we'll see what happens then. Uh, anyway, uh, Dave, let's talk about one of the reserves on uh, Chris's team right now. Yes, yeah, so you have D.D. Westbrook, who's been putting up really good numbers for the Jags the last few weeks. He's almost to the point of being their number one receiver. In fact, he kind of seems that way to me. And in fact, he predicted he was going to have 200 yards the one week. Uh, he didn't really play much. This right, week yeah. Thought, but can you even find a, a spot for him in your starting lineup? I mean, is it a little bit too risky for you just that he has such a limited, uh, you know, amount of time that he's been playing? Man, this this has been my biggest dilemma this this week. Um, I know he's, he's turning up every week. He's doing awesome. I know he's going to have that big breakout week, and I just 100% feel it's this week. And uh, I've been going back and forth on him all week uh, between him uh, and I, if I had to choose, man, I got two people in mind right now. You might might be able to help me out a little bit with this, but uh, uh, we'll do our Jamal best. Williams or Kareem Hunt. <laughs> One of those I feel like has so that, to go. And, and, um, and so, and so, so the decision between Jamal Williams at Carolina, Kareem Hunt at home uh, against the against the Chargers, and then uh, Dede Westbrook uh, against. Um, Against the uh, oh no I forget it, uh, Dede Westbrook is playing the at home against the Texans and you have to sit one of those guys. If it if it's me, Dave, I, I'm I'm leaning towards volume and I'm I'm probably going to play Williams and Hunt over Dede Westbrook. I mean that that's the guy I'm I'm going to sit. Uh, I might change again. I you know I, the advice I give on this show, I might change my mind on these razor thin decisions on Sunday morning. But as it stands right now, I think I would rather play Hunt. And uh, Jamal Williams over D.D. Westbrook. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I think there's just too much risk and variance with Westbrook. You're, you're winning right now. Right. So really, you, can, you can use stable 20-point, 15-point performances, and it, it, you could do well with that. I mean, there's a chance someone could leapfrog you. There's a slim chance Westbrook could go off for 30 points. I just don't – there's also a chance, though, that he goes off you know, like one for five. I mean, receivers have bad games all the time. At least you're guaranteed touches with those other two players. Yeah. And, you know, really – Every third play, they're probably going to be involved with, with, the, with the, the offense, no matter what's going on. Vet yeah. the volume. That's Andy what I'm Reed doing. And, involved. Yep. Yeah, that's well. He's passed the rookie wall. Yeah. I think he, you know, he came out and he's doing, I think he's doing better. Now. I think he had those few games where he was sucky. What, we, my what we need to do is have Travis Kelsey screw up more like end zone touchdowns and goal line touchdowns so then Kareem Hunt get the layup after that because that seemed to work well for the Chiefs last week. Yeah, like interference calls in the end zone. Right. Like you need a Tyree kill in the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so that's our advice on, on it. I, I think the chat room, from what I can tell, is agreeing with us too. It seems like uh, and Aunt Jemima saying bench uh, D.D. Westbrook uh, and then uh, Waskra saying go Hunt for the ceiling. Yes, go ahead. Can I ask you guys a question? I I went through the top 10, top 15 uh, teams, and uh, I noticed one difference in our teams was uh, Diddy Westbrook. I had him. A lot of people didn't, or they didn't have him in their lineups. But uh, say I play him over Hunt, and he does go off. I mean, how much of an advantage does that give me, you know? And that's, that's where my mindset is right now. It's kind of – do I want to play it safe or do I want to go for the kill? And when you know when you have this much money involved, it's 
it's it's tough because you know when you're talking about a field this big, well, clearly you want the variance. But I think in this case, when you're ahead of everybody, I don't want to say you want to you don't want to take any chances, but you don't want to take any chances. <laughs> so I would I would yeah. rather I would play <laughs> I, I would play Williams and Hunt. You know what I mean? Even even though you're right. I mean, if if you do play Westbrook and, you know, Hunt gets, you know, a 15 carry for like 30 yard game, no touchdowns, two catches, something like that. And Westbrook has like this breakout, you know, six for 100 in a, in a couple of scores. Yeah. Then you're talking about this massive advantage. However, the the likelihood of that, I think, is is not as good than sticking with the status quo and and trying to build on this lead uh, a little bit more. That that's how I personally feel. Um, Chris, I, I want to uh, to take it back a couple of years uh, now when we talk about what you were going through in 2015 with your chemotherapy for your cancer treatment. What can you share about uh, the role that fantasy football played for you during that period of time when, you know, every day w- was kind of a struggle? Well, um, <clears throat> cancer, you know, I'm sure everybody knows this is something that will consume you. It will consume your life, uh, your family's lives. Uh, whether you wanted to or not. And it did in the beginning, uh, but because my family's support and my competitive nature, without even thinking about it, I was blocking out the treatment, uh, what was going on around me, not letting fantasy football consume me. Uh, I would be at my treatments, and I would see people around me. Uh, they had their families there. They were sleeping, just staring at the wall, watching TV, whatever it was. And I was on my laptop, and I was reading every article I get my hands on, and for eight hours, I wasn't even thinking about the poison going into my body. You know, that was saving my life. I was worried about, you know, why and who to start this week. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that I feel that single-handedly, you know, kept my mind going, kept me from depression. And, you know, that's one of the number one things they tell you when you're going through that is don't let yourself get into depression and don't stop fighting. Don't give up. And uh, I truly believe, you know, my family, my wife, Hannah, my two sons, Cameron and Christian, and uh, my quest for a fantasy football championship, <laughs> you know, may have saved my life. So, I mean, that's point blank. Yeah, it's it's a great story. I mean, it's it's listen, not to compare the two, but there are some similarities between what you went through and and not giving up and and take you know fighting for taking one day at a time, and then you have a three and eight team that many people would have given up on that would that just would have said, you know what, I can't do it. It's not going to happen. You take it. You grind it out to the championship round, and now you're leading the whole thing after they're, they're a 250. They're almost identical. I said I don't want to make them. There's there's certain <laughs> there's an analogy. There's there's similarities there. Okay, I'm yeah, just making no, I, analogies. I, no, you're right. right. Anyway, Dave. Sorry, the joke was there, so I. I had so to, it, let's let's talk about fantasy defenses. <laughs> you know, if I, Mark Moyer should be asking this question. <laughs> famous draft experts player who always keeps keeps three kickers and three defenses. Right. But you kept three in a uh, redraft here in the in the championship round. Chicago, Denver, and Tennessee. Um, I started Denver last night in one of my leagues, and they promptly rewarded me with one sack <laughs> and uh, one point. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even. I don't know if I want to even ask if you started Denver, but th- did you start Denver? Yeah, unfortunately, I felt like they had the best matchup. Yeah. You know, when I was I was hoping Damn for it. a Thursday right. night, you know, crap game, but me too. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't get much sleep last night, so and it it makes me sick thinking about it. But I'm hoping that you know I have got an eight point lead over everybody. I'm hoping that the eight point lead you know can I can stack that into my defense. I guess this week, unfortunately. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, were you just were you literally when you when you talk about Chicago, Denver, Tennessee? Did you have one week each earmarked for them, like Denver week fourteen, and then you know this week Tennessee gets uh, uh, Garoppolo and, and the Niners, and then or or Chicago playing Detroit. I don't know what it was, but is that would it was that the rationale that you're going to play one of those defenses each week? Uh, actually, no, it wasn't. I uh, I really didn't intend on keeping the defenses. I had them in. Uh, uh, by week 10, I started to see on the waiver wire the defenses were getting scarce, and uh, my starters pretty much were set. So I decided to keep, you know, I, I think I was streaming Tennessee and Chicago at the time, and I saw someone drop Denver. So I was thinking I might as well go ahead and get them because the next best uh, defenses was the Raiders, the Dallases, you know, those kind of teams. And so uh, I do know one thing, you know, next year I know week 9 or 10, it's time to, you know, probably week 9, it's time to start looking at those weeks and uh, stashing some defenses, I think that's a good idea to do, at, you know, that and, and two kickers for sure because I have another team in the championship rounds, and I think they're ranked uh, 179 or 200, something like that, and uh, I don't have a kicker. I picked up the last week uh, before the waivers went out, I picked up Lambeau right before we went on the IR on Friday Ugh. and didn't see it. And so I'm ranked like in the top 200 with no no kicker, so that makes me sick. <laughs> so I'll make sure that don't happen. Again if it's any con- yeah, no I mean if it's any no consolation, back. I would yeah. Not Lambo, yeah. Oh, thank God! I was just looking. I was googling nah. Lambo right now. I'm like, I think I have that piece of crap on one of my teams. <laughs> I, if, if it makes you feel any better, Chris, I'll tell you this: I'm sure you are not the only one in the top 200 that that has. Uh, um, no healthy kicker. I, I'm sure if history is any guide, I'm sure that there's uh, other, others like it. Uh, as history is a guide on this show, we normally get some uh, emails in for uh, the guests this week. This is no different as we got a few. And I, I think we have time for two of them. I'm going to read the first one to you, Chris. This is from Don in Colorado Springs, Colorado. He writes, uh, would you play Robert Woods in his first week back? My other options at Flex are McKinnon or Chris Hogan since it looks like Rudolph is going to miss. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for the email, Don, in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So his choice is here to replace Rudolph as his flex. He's got uh, one option is Robert Woods after the long layoff. He comes back this week to take on Seattle in Seattle. Uh, Otherwise, he has Jarek McKinnon at home against the Bengals, and he's also got Chris Hogan at Pittsburgh on Sunday afternoon. So if it was you, which one would you be playing there, Chris, between Woods, McKinnon, or Hogan? Well, before Woods got hurt, he was red hot. So um, I'd have to say Woods against the, you know, Seattle secondary to show themselves. Definitely Woods. I mean, I'm, I imagine you're in the playoffs right now, semifinals, championship, and you gotta go with it. You gotta go with Woods. Definitely Woods. Dave, you like Woods over Hogan and McKinnon this week? If you uh, if you were in uh, the FPC championship round or the FFPC main event. Um, Woods Woods at Seattle, McKinnon at home against the Bengals, and uh, Chris Hogan at Pittsburgh. I might look at McKinnon myself. Even though Latavius Murray's been, you know, really the the man there. Well, what I mean, Woods is he's healthy now. Is that the is healthy he, enough? I mean, like you know, <laughs> so what, about, what about Hogan? He's like the, the new Amendola. I mean, he's always hurt too. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that's his nickname in in New England. Um, no, I'm actually kind of with you on this one. I, I, I would uh, consider McKinnon. I think I would lean towards Woods at this point, but it's, boy, it's, it's so that rapport that he has with Goff and going up against the battered, battered Seattle secondary. I don't know, man. I, I think battered. Battered. Isn't that what it is? Battered? I don't 
so. Battered Seattle secondary. It's battered. People talk about that like that. Yeah, it's a battered secondary. I just feel like it's more of a domestic violence. It's, it's a dinged up secondary. Like, I think like that we're just only using like domestic violence or on cops or something. All right. Well, we're, it is neither, so I retract that uh, statement. But I will replace it with this email from Wes in Malden, Massachusetts. Uh, Chris, he writes, got caught short-handed this week, and now I don't know what to do. I have to play either Tariq Cohen or Leonard Fournette. But Cohen plays Saturday, and Fournette hasn't practiced all week. And Fournette won't play at all. It's, a, it's basically a coin flip between us for this week, so I am not a huge fave or underdog. What would you do, Chris? That is Wes in Malden, Massachusetts. So Fournette did not practice at all this week. Uh, Doug Marone said that he, Fournette could play without practicing. The last time this happened, Fournette didn't play. And his only other option, apparently, is Tariq Cohen, who plays Saturday afternoon. So if you were – in this situation, when you take the guaranteed points with Tariq Cohen or roll the dice and hope Fournette plays? I would call in work, and I would stay on Twitter. <laughs> I would do every <laughs> all research I could. I uh, I read on uh, Twitter earlier today that uh, they were saying that any uh, anytime they had an injured player that didn't practice all week, all year long, they've never played the game. So that there could be something to that with the coaching staff. Um, I don't think he plays. Uh, I'd, I'd go Cohen. And, uh, of course, them playing uh, in a dome against Detroit, the game flow is going to help big time. So, um, you got to go Cohen. Yeah, and Cohen, honestly, at, at least it's not like James Conner or somebody like that. You know, it's, At least you have a chance um, with, uh, with some points this week. I read some stuff this week. There's Fantasy Pros had some good stuff on Tariq Cohen about – you know how this actually is not the worst matchup for him. He might end up performing. But, Dave, you've got to take the guaranteed – well, not guaranteed, but we know that Cohen is going to play. We don't know if Fournette's going to play. You've got to take – you can't take that risk. Yeah, Fournette had practiced today. I would <clears throat> lean his direction, but I, I cannot start Fournette. I, would, yeah. I don't think he's playing. I think it's maybe a 25% chance he's going to play. Uh, Dave, Chris Jante has been so gracious this is time. I want to ask him one last question, and I'm going to let you do it. Great, Chris. Thanks a lot for coming on. So we want you to finish this up with giving us a stud player this week. You're going to help out all your opponents that you would actually consider benching and a sleeper that just might find his way into your fantasy lineups. Um, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier. And, of course, it's going to be uh, – I'm seriously thinking I'm going to either bench Jamal Williams or Kareem Hunt and uh, put this guy in that I stashed since the first of the year. Hope the fantasy gods reward me. And my Oklahoma Sooners, D.D. Westbrook. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have him all year long, all year. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I actually, um, in one of the dynasty leagues that Dave and I are in together, I didn't draft D.D. Westbrook in the rookie draft this year. Somebody else did, and he had, he had a ton of picks, so he ended up cutting him. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a chance on this Westbrook guy, and, and I feel pretty good. Dave, we didn't bring this up when we were talking about Westbrook before. Jacksonville receivers, Allen, Allen Robinson, free agent, Marquise Lee, free agent. Yep. Who knows what happens with, with D.D. Westbrook. Yes, they, they will both get paid this offseason, maybe not by Jacksonville. So one of them could get franchised. Neither Potentially. one is probably very franchisable. Well, I mean, Robinson, I think, is more franchisable than Lee. But, yeah, you're right. I don't think either one is worth it. Westbrook could be Interesting. 2018. The year of D.D. Westbrook. And I'll say this, 2017, maybe the year of Chris Jante. A 250, we're going to say it right now, a 250 in week 14. Move up 1,100-plus places into first place overall. 
What an incredible story for you, Chris, uh, not only for uh, this year, but what happened to you two years ago. You continue to beat the odds. This is uh, a fantastic story. We are all pulling for you. I hope the balls bounce w- uh, your way this weekend, and uh, good luck over these next two weeks, man. I, I know chat, The chat room is rooting for you, Yes, by the, the chat way. room is rooting for you, and, I, and, my, and I'll tell you this, my advice from people who have been in this position before, obviously I never have been, um, to not get stressed out and really enjoy the moment, enjoy these next uh, couple of weeks, man, and, and uh, it's, it'll, be, it'll be a tale to tell. Yeah, man, I, and you guys, I really appreciate it. You know, you guys putting all this FFPC uh, fantasy football stuff together, you know, and this this has been, it's been awesome. Um, you know, I just, I guess like you said, live in the moment, and I, I am. It's It's been amazing. So this has been uh, a great honor, and I do appreciate you guys having me on here, and uh, I appreciate everybody rooting for me. That's awesome. <laughs> so um, <laughs> if you don't mind, I'm going to give a shout-out, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Please do. Okay. Uh, I got to shout out, of course, my wife, Anna, uh, my two sons, Christian and Cameron. Uh, they've been putting up with Fantasy Small for the last five years. And all the Sundays, I just sit there on the couch from noon to six or so and uh, don't really move. Just watch the games, happy, mad, sad. <laughs> and, um, of course, my boy, Will McMiller, he, uh, he plays on FFPC, too. And uh, he's the one that got me started in all this. My family hates him, of course. <laughs> they created this fantasy <laughs> football monster, they say. But uh, if we can win this 250000 they said all will be forgiven. Yes. Pay yes, off the that, mortgage. That's exactly vacation, right. vacation, yeah. whatever the hell you want to do with it. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, do it all over again next year. <laughs> Chris, thanks so much for joining the show, man. It, it's been a treat. It's been a pleasure. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Yes. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Chris Jante, the Football Guys Players Championship uh, leader after week 14. What a story. What a guy. What an interview. Hey, I, I got a question for you. Would you call him the week 14 leader or the week 15 leader? This is something I've, I've, I've wrestled with um, over the past few years when I'm writing the shows up, and I never know how to bill them. I guess I, would, I guess I would call him the, the week 15 leader right. like heading into week 15. Because I probably would qualify. I would say heading into week 15, this is our leader type of thing. Right, but when I have to name the show, like oh, I, yeah. I, you know, um, because what happens after week one? Yeah, Bo Berman's leading week one. Okay, he's the week one leader Right. heading into week two. You're right, so it's tough. I it's, mean, maybe yeah, it, I mean, it, it really, I mean, you could argue it the other way. It's the week 14 leader. He's leading after week 14, right. obviously, dummy. Yes. But he's the week 15 leader as we head into week 15. Yeah, exactly. I, Man, I don't, that's a conundrum. Maybe uh, some of our, you know, professor-like people that listen to the show could. If only there was an Ivy League professor who's <laughs> or someone mossy brain we could have access to. Yeah, would actually help too. That the the two guys I'm I'm looking at right now, maybe Andrew Mima, maybe Wasp guy, uh, and I, I will speak to those guys as well. The rest uh, rest of the listening audience, tell everybody that it is back. The world famous FFPC playoff challenge is live, and you can register your teams today. At myffpc.com. Hey, Balky, it's already 10% sold out. You know, people are going to get shut out yes. again, Balky. Already 10% sold out. Uh, people who want to compete for a $100,000 grand prize and a $600,000 prize pool paying all the way down to 550th place. That is 525 Yes. At a cost of only $200 per team, all you need to do is pick an FFPC roster of 10 players, choosing only one player per team in the playoffs. There is no roster management required. You just... Set it and forget it. Enjoy. Okay. That's nice. That's nice. You don't have to worry. Like <laughs> wake up in a cold sweat at two in the morning. Oh my gosh. Did I switch this guy around? Did I do this? You know, right. 
Uh, you if don't you have want, to worry about that. You can move them around in your lineup, but it's still the same yeah. people. Yeah. If you want to switch Rob Gronkowski and and uh, and um, Jesse James uh, from tight end to flex, go ahead. Go ahead. It's fine. But we have no problem with that. We do it every week. Or if you don't want to do it, don't do it. <laughs> no roster management required. We've added more than $120,000 to the prize pool this year, uh, as well as 150 more teams being paid out. Don't delay. Sign up for today. Uh, sign up today for the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge at myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. Let's get into the uh, Fantasy Flash. Football guys, Roto Pass, Roto World, Rob, for uh, tonight's rundown. I want to thank those guys. Carson Wentz, as we a lot of alliteration, uh, alluded to it before. Yeah, well, listen, there's a lot of uh, R's uh, that, that work hard on this show. You know, the one thing I've noticed with people in the industry, Dave, if you have a podcast or a show or a website, the two most popular words or phrases – Fantasy and Roto. It's People amazing. love it. <laughs> you, well, I'll tell you, tell you this off air. Um, it's literally something that only you and I would care about, so I'm not going to bring it up now. Um, but let's get into this Carson Wentz thing. Okay, I'm going to type right down off-air yeah. comments. He uh, suffered a torn ACL. Uh, this was confirmed by Adam Schefter uh, with an MRI that was done on Monday. He's already had surgery. So he's going to be out 9 to 12 months. Good thing or bad thing for Carson Wentz that he is that he tears his ACL hurt. for his, a bad for, thing. sorry for his fantasy value for next year. <laughs> bad thing. I, is, it, is it a bad thing? Because I feel like this is going to push him down in drafts a little bit more. So, <laughs> like you could actually get him at a value if you can stomach the you know that he might not be full go at the start of the year, I, or is this Robert I, Griffin all over again? I, you know, I'm not. I'm not at the point of. I'm, I don't even I don't even own Wentz anywhere that really mattered. I mean, yeah. I'm in the fishbowl or whatever. Yeah. I'm still kind of I haven't gotten to the point of like allowing it to be you know like not that I'm mourning him or anything like that, but I'm yeah. not already opportunistically gaming the the outcomes and, and the ADPs for Wentz next year yet. Sorry. It, that's okay. I know, I know Luck's over in in Europe actually. Right. By the way, there was a let me interrupt myself here. Yeah. There was an Andrew Luck tweet that someone posted. They said. It's so sad that uh, Andrew Luck missed this season because of, he, because of how average the Colts could have been with him. <laughs> That's funny. Really funny um, okay, so uh, you mentioned the Scott Fishbowl. I actually got called out by a guy in my division. Um, be- now? Yes, because, because uh, I, I, maybe I'm an idiot, but I, the Scott Fishbowl, like, I don't know, like, what exactly is going on. Like, I'm just – Setting my lineup every week. I'm putting waivers in every week. It's over. It, but no, it's still going on. But so, I mean, for you. Well, I found out it was. Like, because, <laughs> and you know, for me also. You're playing for your division, your conference, and then there's the, the overall, and then there's a tier two contest. And I didn't know what, what I was eligible for, so I kept submitting ra- sure, waivers. Fine, whatever. So I ended up picking up a few quarterbacks this past week, and this guy's calling me out on Twitter. Like, oh, thanks for the screw over bids uh, at Eric Balkman, blah, blah, blah. That's and I'm like, actually kind of true. And, and like, oh, man, I, I feel kind of bad. So I DM'd the guy, and I said, hey, Why don't look, you drop the quarterback? Well, hold on. I'm going right, to – let me tell the story. Sorry about that. So I DM'd the guy, and I said, hey, man, like, I, I am really sorry. I didn't realize I was out of it. I'm confused by this. I just – I play everything out to the end always. You know, I, I don't give up on teams at all. And he's like, I appreciate it. I, you know, I get it. It's, it's totally cool. And, and uh, uh, Scott Fish actually went back and undid my – um, nice. waivers. So this guy ended up getting, uh, he, he, well, the thing is he had Carson Wentz and Tom Savage oh, wow, as his two quarterbacks. So he got, um, uh, uh, Foles and I think it was, it Yates. I want to say it was Yates or, or there's another quarterback. I, I picked up three quarterbacks. 
just to make it perfectly clear, yeah. if that happened in the FFPC, there's no way in hell we would reverse the waivers. Okay. Tough crap. Okay. No offense, Scott Fish, but that was not appropriate. And uh, there's, I mean, there's nothing, there's no like massive six figure prizes at stake in the Scott like Fish. a football guy's lifetime yeah. subscription. Yeah, I mean, big or deal. That I will not. Prescription. That I found out I will not be getting. <laughs> so. Three years life, it is three what year it is. prescription. Okay, so that's Carson Wentz. You're not sitting any Eagles uh, based on this, right? That you were starting before. If you were starting, uh, who would I be starting? I, well, you're starting Jeffrey, no matter what. You're starting Ertz, no matter what. I wouldn't say Jeffrey, no matter what. Okay, so that's interesting. So in in a for certain, example, in Carrington, I could okay. start uh, Cooper Cup over Jeffrey. Would you? I'm considering it. Really? Sure. Okay. I if, could start Juju over Jeffrey, if, although he may not play. Right. If Wentz wasn't hurt, would you be considering Cup over Jeffrey? Or is this purely because Foles is going to be at the quarterback that you're actually considering this? Uh, it's because of – I mean, not that Foles is terrible or anything. Right. In, in fact, his numbers – They're going to coach him up, Dave. Yeah. I mean, Foles is a decent quarterback. Um, but, yeah, it's because Wentz has been proven that he's better. I mean, Jeffrey's not like he's destroying it or anything like right. that. Uh, we'll move on here. Kyle Meinke, Menke of MLive.com reports that it's possible, Dave, that Theo Riddick has actually passed Amir Abdullah on the Lions depth chart. Uh, Riddick, obviously, we knew his PPR acumen. Uh, and when you add in the fact that he might be the Lions' lead running back right now, that is very juicy for fantasy purposes over these next couple weeks. Certainly um, has the door shut uh, for fantasy value going forward for Amir Abdullah in Detroit. It certainly seems like he just cannot take advantage of the opportunities presented to him. I mean, maybe he gets another opportunity somewhere else, but he just, you know, in spite of his great metrics and so forth, he sucks. He's just not really doing anything when he comes to actually playing. Yeah. He's not a goal line back. No. He can catch passes okay, but he's not super fast or anything like that. So right. He, he does not look like a dynamic player. He did look like that in college, actually. He just doesn't look like that in the pros. Does not look like it in the pros. I mean, versus comparing him to, like, a Kenyan Drake, Drake looks amazing. I mean, he looks, like, really good. And we talked to actually go back to Drake. I know mean, this is about Abdullah, but we talked about Drake as a, as a possible person that was underutilized when he was in college. Right. And he was fast. Elusive. Well, that's because Alabama has six five-star running backs. Yeah, it's you know? every year. Every yeah. year it's like, oh, sure, I'll play there. Right. But, yes, I mean, you know, I like the Drake, but I don't like the Abdullah. A uh, question from the chat room from Wasp Guy: Are all key players in the Steelers Patriots fantasy gold this week? So for me, Brady and Roethlisberger obviously are. Bell and Brown obviously are. Um, you look at Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm playing him if he's active, but he's a late game, so I may not have that luxury. Yeah, I, would, I think I, I think start as many players as I could. I'm pretty sure he's going to go. I don't know how I feel about like Hogan and Amendola. Um, I'm playing Cooks. I yeah, I wouldn't play. Yeah, Cooks I would play. Play Lewis and Burkhead, I would. Yeah. Um, not uh, who's the other guy there? Not James White. I'm not. I'm not playing him. Um, and uh, Jesse James in in an FFPC format. If you're desperate, he's okay. Yeah, given given the target volume that he's gotten. Uh, Aunt Jemima wants to know Big Ben or uh, Matthew Stafford this week. Uh, ben Roethlisberger hosting the Patriots. And Matthew Stafford, I believe, is hosting the Chicago Football Bears. Yes, he is tomorrow. I'm playing Big Ben. I'd probably play Big Ben. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, after, off of a 500-yard week, and uh, he's at home. Let me ask you this, Dave. Uh, quarterback question for me personally. Philip Rivers or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, let's see. Rivers is at Kansas City tomorrow. Rodgers is at Carolina on Sunday. Uh, I'd play Rivers probably. I am. That's what I have in right now. Yeah. So I'm half thinking of benching Tyree Kill to just go off on another little tangent. Oh, we got a question about that coming up. Let's talk about that coming up. All right. So let's let's motor through the rest of this. Jordan uh, Reed. Aunt Jemima will take Rogers in that. Oh, he would take Rogers. Okay. 
Uh, Jordan Reed placed on IR this week. Dave, I, I don't think there's anything else we need to say about Jordan Reed other than I know you, other than if you listen to the show ever, right. you should own zero shares of Jordan <laughs> right. Reed. You should, that news should not impact you whatsoever. Right, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny is he, I own him in a dynasty league and he is my number three tight end in, in that league. And, and I think I draft, I draft him as my number one. I have, I have, uh, Greg Olson and, um, is that the league I have Olson and Gronk? It's either Olson and Gronk or Olson and ASJ. Uh, but no, I'm going to try to get like a second round pick for Jordan Reed next year and see what happens. Uh, yeah, he's so, I'm not cutting him. So whatever. Dave, a lot of people are worried about this chargers secondary Why? when they're facing them. Okay. Well, they're worried about going against going them. against them, right? Alex Smith looked like a world beater the front part of the year. Not last few weeks, not so much. He had that one big week, obviously. He's doing better. He's doing right. better. But let me tell you this: Alex Smith, averaging over 260 passing yards in his last three games against the Chargers, multiple touchdown passes in each of those contests. Start Kelsey. Start Hill. How? Start Alex Smith. I don't think that people need to be necessarily all that worried about this matchup. Okay, that's interesting. It's an interesting point. I, I'll take Do you that. think that's too small of a sample size to hang your hat on, though? No, I don't think so. And actually, okay, so let's take a look at Tyreek Hill and how, how he did. Right. He actually, um, against the Chargers, he scored 20 points in week three. He was yeah. five for 77 in a touchdown. My concern is, again, you know, against the Steel- another against the top pass defenses, he had an eight-point week against the Steelers, a 4.8-point week against the Broncos, and then uh, he, had, he hasn't faced any other top top pass defenses. So, I mean, he said sub 10 point performances against the two other elite defenses, pass defenses he's faced. Right. But he did have a good week, uh, week three. Yeah. It's interesting. It's tough. I mean, it's, it's, you know, if he doesn't have a big play, I mean, he does catch passes over the middle, but if yeah. he doesn't have a big play, it's, it's, it's tougher. Really it's tough. Yeah, I agree. Uh, here's a guy that uh, Sigmund Bloom said he is actually going to play over Tyreek Hill this week. And that's Marquise Goodwin. He's gotten 783 yards in 13 games this year. His previous high in his career is 431 yards. So you look at the San Francisco 49ers offense, Dave. I'm just curious. This is maybe more of a dynasty question, but next year they're going to have Pierre Garçon back. They're going to have Marquise Goodwin, who's crushing him from By a PPR way, I could, standpoint. I could not start Goodwin over. Neither could I. I'm just pointing it out that that's what he said. He's a real WR1 versus wherever the hell Goodwin is laying around. I, I, going, I so. get, averaging, uh, he's gotten 26 targets over his last three games. So it's not like he's not no, getting no, the ball. Nice. Guess, okay. yeah. um, so uh, you have Goodwin there. I mean, can we count on these guys as the number two and number two, number one and number two receivers in San Francisco next year? Or do you think that they go after somebody in the draft uh, that they can, you know, mold this offense around and build with Garoppolo? I would think they'd draft a receiver almost for sure in the top three rounds. And, and that, that person may not start. In fact, it's probably unlikely that they start right away, unless it's a first round pick. Right. I think there's a decent chance that they develop that player, but. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a really huge believer. I mean, it's actually, I'm impressed that Goodwin's coming, you know, doing this. Yeah, I am too. I didn't see this coming. Semi-breakout. But keep in mind, I mean, he's only ranked, what is he ranked here? He's ranked 37th amongst wide receivers so far. Yeah. I mean, it's not that great. He's oh, averaging 9. let me tell you this nonsense. 9.8 points a game. We have to do, on the, on the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show on AM 1570, 95.3 FM, <laughs> score, thescorewi.com, 5 o'clock Central Time every Thursday. I love that. We have to pick a sleeper. Um, Schmidt's ticket sleeper of the week. I picked Marquise Goodwin. That's solid. Good, good sleeper. Wide receiver, thirty-seven, as you just pointed out on the year. Well, that's a good sleeper. My host, Leo Kuyper Jr. 
You know who his sleeper was this week? I'll give you a hint. You still got that list up? Yeah, hang on. Look at who's number six on that list. That was his sleeper. Landry? Jarvis Landry was his sleeper this week. <laughs> two scores. He had 24 points left. I spent two segments calling him out on it. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, he hasn't been really good this week. I'm, or the last couple weeks. I'm like, Leo, he's had one single-digit output all year. He had eight points one week. Otherwise, he's put up 10 or 11, at minimum 10 or 11, every single week. These guys are talking to the Yahoo League listeners. No, they, they weren't. These guys play in deep leagues, too. I couldn't believe. Oh, it just drove me nuts. Let's get into some emails nice, here. I love it. By the way, Andrew Mimer says the Niners are going to get Sammy Watkins next year. Uh, Jim in Thomasville, North he Carolina. around quite a bit. He does. Hey, guys, I've been riding the Robbie Anderson wave all the way to my league semis, but now I'm not sure if I should play him with Bryce Petty under center. My other options are Manny Sanders at Indy, Sanu in Tampa, or Robert Woods going to Seattle, WWHSFFHD. Thanks. Right, so That's Jim in Thomasville, North Carolina. Manny Sanders. Don't play Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, so it comes Manny, down yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, so it comes down to – I don't know why that irritates you so much. Uh, it comes down to Rob, – so Robbie <laughs> – whatever. Robbie Anderson is I'm, – now I'm going to do it on purpose because I know it really <laughs> grinds your gears. Robbie Anderson is um, at New Orleans. Mohamed Sanu is at Tampa. Robert Woods is at Seattle. I would, um, I have to look at, I'd have to look at when Sanu plays, but if I have a, any of those. Oh, I can tell you that. If either of those guys play after Sanu, because I know Sanu's questionable, but I would try and start Sanu, actually, is who I prefer. Sanu plays Monday night. Ugh. Yeah. All right, so I would wait to see what the practice thing looks like tomorrow for uh-huh. Sanu, and if he practices. If I hear optimistic news, I would still look towards Sanu. I think he's going to be good, and I think he's actually going to play. Okay, I, I am still leaning towards Woods. For the sake of argument, let's say Sanu does not practice tomorrow. Then who does it come down? Obviously, you're not playing Sanu. Then it's either Woods or um, Robbie Anderson. Which one do you like I would better? Look better? I would look at the better quarterback, and I would look at Woods. Okay, thank you. Uh, moving on. Hey, Dave and Balky, this isn't a blind resume, but a fun game nonetheless. Name the top three players with the most touches over the last four weeks. You get six guesses. Say it again. The top three players with the most touches over the last four weeks. <laughs> six guesses, Dave, and go. <laughs> so is this any position? Any position. Well, most not, touches. Obviously, obviously not quarterback because he touches the ball every snap. Top three players yep. with the what? Most touches over the last four weeks. If you look in the chat room, you're going to get a free free square. I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Okay. Hang All on. right. I mean, and, I'll tell you, he is not looking, but Aunt Jemima got number one on the list. All right. Um, guess. And Aunt Jemima, uh, Todd Gurley is incorrect. He is not in there. Okay. I'll, I'll list Try, off. Why don't list off players? I'll list off the incor- incorrect ones. You know, give me a break here. <laughs> All right. So let me think. Uh, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is number three. Is he on so it? good guess. He is number three on the list. Right, I didn't. Cool. That, that's the one I didn't think you were going to get. All right, that's cool. That's good. I feel kind of good about that. Number one and number two, I think, are easier. Um, let's see for a second. Okay, so. And, and I'll tell you this. Number one, it, the, the three was the shocker. Jamal Williams is the shocker. Antonio Brown? No, he is not on the list. That's got to be a running back. That was a stupid guess. Okay. Yeah, four guesses left. Use them wisely. Thank you. Um, I'm just trying to think of like high volume running backs. Yep. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. He is number one, and that's the one that Aunt Jemima got. You were missing number two. We talked about him earlier in the show. Um, I believe one of the well, we talked about him earlier in the show. <laughs> and I and I will say this: you are right. It is a running back. All three of these guys are running backs. All right. So I got Le'Veon Bell, 
Jamal Williams. And I'll be honest with you, when this guy's played, it's no surprise that he touches the ball a ton. No, I, I get it. This guy's played. Uh, he may have only missed one game this year, now that I think about it. Maybe two. No, he missed two. He missed two. Gosh, I don't know why I'm... Why I'm struggling. Um, okay, so give me a second. Who are all the other top running backs? He plays in the same conference as Le'Veon Bell. But not the same division. <laughs> you know, that doesn't help me that much because I'm not really that astute at figuring all this stuff out as much as I should be. I can't really tell you the division because then you're going to pin it. I mean, it's kind of a giveaway if I tell you the division. No, I don't. Because he is – let me think about this for a second. He's in his division. He is by far and away the best running back in his division. <laughs> and he's got to be. Um, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for fantasy purposes, he is – Bar none, the best running back in his division. I don't know. Sean McCoy? No, this, he's in the same conference as Bell. AFC. Isn't, oh, McCoy. Isn't, uh, isn't McCoy, yeah. yeah, you're right. I'm an idiot. He is not in that division. <laughs> Aunt Jemima guessed Kenyon Drake. That's a good guess. It's incorrect. Um, give me a second. It can't be Lynch. Can't be, uh, it is not Lynch, and it is not that division. It is not that division. It is not Pittsburgh's division. I Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is actually like taking too long, but um, 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 how many guesses do I have left? Four. All right. I'm Alex Collins. No. All right. I didn't think it was him. Wrong division. Uh, Kareem Hunt. Wrong division. I don't know about the division, dummy. <laughs> I give up. Who is it? All right. We don't have so much time left. AFC South, Indianapolis, uh, Jacksonville, Houston, and Tennessee. Gore? Nope. Wrong team. We have one guess left. We have stupid Lamar Miller, who I hate. It is not Lamar Miller. And then Fournette. Fournette. There you go. Good job. So it's Bell, Fournette, and Williams. That was a really good job. So the second, second, yep, Wasp guy just got it. So the uh, second part of this question, tell me if I should even be starting number two or number three this weekend. That's Lenny in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. You're not starting two. I don't see I can play Fournette at this point. No, you're not. And Jamal Williams, I think I'm still rolling him out there. Yeah, I would try and play Jamal Williams as much as possible. I mean, it's, you know, it's just now with Rodgers, it's a solid offense, even if he's not the centerpiece as much. Uh, we have our next email. It's from Andy. You know him as Freaks of the Industry from the Blake Carrington Dynasty League. Yes. Who, this is the player, by the way, that yeah. – I had a, I had a week uh, 14 by. He actually checked out the rules so he could avoid playing my super team, and yeah. he was correct, and he's not playing me this yeah, week. Yeah, he's not. I hope and I meet him in the finals and crush his dreams and hopes and everything. Neil before Zod, who is the two seed to your one seed, he actually texted me. He's like, what the hell happened? And I told him, he's like, oh, yeah, that's too bad, because I guess Fred, former co-host of the show, Monroeville Zombies, said, I guess he's played three Colts against you last night. Yeah, he scored, I think Denver. he scored just under 40 points, including his quarterback. So I'm playing, Yeah, I he had Brissett, and I don't know who the other two were. Hilton, uh, maybe? T.Y. Hilton and some Gore? Other, I don't no, know. No, it was like some other crappy-ish position. Moncrief? <laughs> no. Jack it was, Doyle? It was more like a, like a, a, Vinatieri? Like, like a kicker or something. Yeah, yeah, okay, something. all right. Well, anyway, let's get to Freak's email here. This is uh, standard non-PPR, okay? Right. He needs three receivers. He wants to know if he plays Marquise Goodwin over any of these guys. Mike Evans, A.J. Green, or Tyreek Hill? I would actually consider him over Evans. That's what I said. <laughs> I said that's the only guy I would consider him over, and I'm still playing Evans over Hill. I, you know what, oh, gonna, oh, or excuse me, over Goodwin. I'm going to play Goodwin over Evans. Evans has been so 
freaking terrible. I'm benching him. Okay. Uh, this we got into a, a big Twitter conversation last night. Me and uh, Evan Silva, Dave. <clears throat> um, you are actually, just floating we, way off there. We, we didn't. It was it was actually Chris Birchby, who's a former co-host of the show. He put out a Twitter poll and he at mentioned uh, Evan Silva, uh, David Hubbard, the FFPC, and myself. I, mean, I, I, I don't know. How, I don't know how I made it in there. I had no business being in there. But then Evan said who he voted for. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, he. This is the long and short of it. Um, Chris needs to sit one of these guys. Okay. Okay. You tell me who you'd sit. Rex Burkhead at Pittsburgh. Jordy Nelson at Carolina, okay. Alex Collins at Baltimore, or excuse me, at Cleveland, yep. Jamal Williams at Carolina. I'm sitting Jordy. Okay, I said that, uh, now I can't remember what I said. I think I said sit Collins. I, that's who I would. I think it's going to be shoot, this is my rationale. I think it's going to be a shootout between Carolina and GB, so I can't really bench Nelson or Williams when I believe that. And the other one was uh, Burkhead, same, same idea. I think that, that they're going to go up and down the field in that game, New England-Pittsburgh. The total on, on the Cleveland-Baltimore game is like 39, and it's just I foresee messiness there in these fluky Baltimore tight end touchdowns. So I'm, Collins is the one I was most worried about. I'm playing the upside with the other three, which is why I went that. Evan Silva sat uh, Jamal Williams in this case. Yeah, I mean, Jordy hasn't done anything since, since Rodgers has been gone. And but Rodgers is back. Is back yeah. Who even knows? Maybe it's Jordy's talent is falling It, it could and be. Baltimore is probably a massive favorite in that game. So in the third and fourth quarter, they're going to be giving yeah. it to Alex Collins. They're going to be running the ball. Why not start three running backs, get the solid floor, and you still have the ceiling? Okay, so there you go. There's Dave's answer. Um, and then, and par- of course, my answer was the correct one. Okay, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Let's make it interesting. All right, I got five on it. So, pictures. okay, hold hold on. Is this purely Collins versus Nelson, or how do you want to structure sure, this? I don't care. Collins versus Nelson, most fantasy points, or more fantasy points in week 15. That's fine, but keeping in mind that my real decision isn't necessarily reaching for the ceiling. I'm also keeping in mind the floor, but that's fine. I'll still do the best. You'll still do it. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. So I have Jordy Nelson. I got five on it. I got five on. I got five on it. I got five on Phil Collins studio, baby. Uh, and then part of that same Twitter conversation, we'll see if we can help him out here. Uh, Jordan, at Jordan Woodson on Twitter, Alex Collins at Cleveland, or Mike Evans versus the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Really? Collins? Evans is terrible. All right, do you want to do five on that one, too? Sure. All right, I got five on Mike Evans. I got five on it. Week 15 will forever be known as Mike Evans the week up. of Evans. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for our show. Uh, hopefully you stuck around for a little bonus time here and uh, enjoyed uh, the two wagers that we made. Uh, hopefully you really enjoyed the, uh, the show as a whole here. I want to thank uh, Chris Jante, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, you. By the way, uh, Mike Evans has not totaled 10 points total in the last two weeks. This is not a Enjoy show. Enjoy your bet Listen, with Mike Evans. We can, we can go back and look at what Mike Evans did in his career if we're just looking at the past. I mean, that's fine if you want to do that. Um, but I'm looking towards the future, Dave. This is a prognostication show. You're such a positive fella. Me all about Mike Evans this week. Uh, so what we didn't mention is Chris Jante was on the show this week. You know who's second place in the Football Guys Players Championship right behind him, eight points behind him? Our good friend, the, the House of Cards, the Notorious, notorious BIP, yep. Bip Lab Mandel, is uh, going to be on the uh, road of his high-stakes lowdown next week. So we will talk with him there. Well, you won't, but I will. And Nelson Sousa as well. So that will be very, very interesting. Now, this is important, the important part of the I show. I think the show cut off anyway. So don't no, it's still going. Um, <laughs> no show... 
next Friday. There will not be a show next Friday. It is my wife and my uh, fifth anniversary, the anniversary that apparently we're celebrating for um, 18 months out of the year. And so uh, we're going to do the show uh, next week, not during Thursday Night Football. Wednesday, we'll be doing the show. Next so Wednesday. Did, so there is a show. There is a show. It's just so not you, next Friday. There will be no show on Friday. It will be a Wednesday show next week. Okay. I didn't introduce that very well. Well, I want to tease you people like, oh, my God, I can't believe there's not going to be a show. Oh, thank God there's going to be a show on Wednesday. That's the way I frame it. That's how we get the enthusiasm going upward to end the show. Right. So People ten, are barely listening, so just you know, whatever. get it right the first time. 10, 9 Central next Wednesday. We will have a guest for you then. And if it makes you feel better, go ahead and listen to it on Friday because it will be downloadable um, then. I might do that too. Perfect. Good luck in Week 15, everybody. Good luck in the Football Guys Players Championship Championship Round. Good luck in the Main Event Championship Round as well as all the dynasties and players. The big weekend for everybody. And hopefully the balls bounce your way. Register for the playoff challenge at my at myffc.com. Uh, make sure that you are getting in before that fills up as well. And of course, your weekend, ladies and gentlemen, officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dogs stay on the court. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. You know, he's going to be uh, blowing a lot of whistles this weekend, Dave. Those officials in that Tampa-Atlanta game on Monday night blowing whistles after all those Evans touchdowns. <laughs> Cannot wait. I highly doubt it. Oh, it's going to be so sweet. You know, Collins will probably put up a zero, and all Evans will have to do is catch one pass on Monday night. (laughs) Best Monday night game ever. Good luck.